What's that in the in the thing there? Is those just balls in the? She got a thing of the balls. Centerpiece over yep, there? the centerpiece of the you table. Know, I've never really thought just much about it. Just a thing of balls. Look like onions. Do you like scary movies? You're still afraid. There is a limit to how much I can take. Be afraid. Be very afraid. No fear. Hello and welcome to the Real Fear Podcast. Hey, I'm Cordell. Hi, I'm Justin. And today we have no guest with us. Just but, the originals. But you might have noticed we're in a different place. Yeah, see, I was trying to decide how to how to address this because at the time that this is released, mm-hmm. we will have had several episodes in, in this location with this new setup already. Oh yeah. So we should talk about it again when we do the next episode, but a little behind the scenes so our, our listeners and viewers know, well I guess mostly our viewers. Uh, this is the first episode we're recording in this new room. Our listeners might also notice we sound very distinct now, also. Yes, our voices are much richer and deeper. Well, it's not deeper unless, you know, we just my start voice, doing voices. My voice is a lot deeper now. We, yeah, this is how microphones work now. They make you sound sexier. Uh, but we have a new microphone set up with our, our arms and our two microphones instead of sharing a microphone, which we have tried before, but... More confident in the setup now. <laughs> Welcome to the sexy rear view part. <laughs> Fuck it. It's sexy, but we can't speak anymore. <laughs> it, it's exactly how you like your men. Sexy, but can't say much. <laughs> but don't talk. That's how I like my men. We're going free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Himbos exclusively. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we. this is still my house. We usually shoot in the living room on the red couch. We're trying something new. This is my office. You see, we have a bunch of um, uh, memorabilia. We have horror memorabilia. This is uh, gives you a little more uh, insight into my obsessions. And, yeah, and my horror authority <laughs> makes them credible. Yes, exactly. When you see a screen poster and uh, and some and some toys in the background, you know this person means business, right? <laughs> you're, in, you're in for a good time. So, uh, today, mm-hmm. we're going to watch Scream. I'm, I'm okay with that. The original. You, have you seen the original Scream? I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I don't think that I have. Okay, so, what was it? A few months ago, we went and saw Scream 5 in yes. theaters. Yes, yes. And you had not for sh- known for sure whether you'd seen any of the others. Yes. But I instead, what did you do? I watched a like 15 minute recap video over all of the screams and what <laughs> happened kind of sort of. So like I know there's a bunch of them. I know there is always two. I know that it's somebody's obscure somebody related to somebody. Like some like oh this is my long lost cousin or this is my boyfriend's girlfriend or whatever <laughs> happens. And uh, that's that's how Scream gets you. And uh, it's pretty meta, and that's all I know to be true about Scream. All right, well. I think I got it exactly. I think that's pretty much exactly it. Um, <laughs> I'm not, not so sure. You know, you think maybe you left some stuff out. No, nah, I think I. <laughs> no, you said no. Nah, I think I I think it. I covered it. Oh, my God. Scream, uh, if I haven't made it clear on this podcast in the past, is my all-time favorite movie. Uh the franchise is my all-time favorite franchise. So after we watch this movie, I won't make you watch all of them on the podcast, but you do need to watch all of the screen movies. I think they're very necessary for your horror education. Education, yeah, yeah. I, I think they're very necessary. I think that I 
will watch the first one and I've watched the last one and I think I pretty much got it. You ever read to the back of a book like after reading like the first couple chapters? No, that's not how you read a book. That's, I think, not, that's not allowed. I think that's what exactly what I'm doing and I think I'm getting it all. I think I'm understanding the rich history behind everything by just the first one and the last one. <laughs> the problem with that is you're missing Scream 4 and to me that's just the best sequel. Hmm. It's it's uh, right under Scream. My ranking goes Scream, Scream 4, Scream 5, then 2, then 3. And it's it's just really important. Is that in chronological order or like... That's, that's a... Uh, no. Or like timeline-wise? Yeah. No, that's just the ranking of my personal preference. Okay. That's um, how you love The, the chron- chronological order they go in is Scream, Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream 4, Scream. Because for some reason, Scream 5 is called Scream. Yeah. Following the the trends of the the horror franchises these days, because Halloween twenty eighteen also did that. It was just called Halloween, even though it was a sequel to Halloween, the original, and not a remake. Because remakes make sense that they would be called uh, the same. The original, the original, yeah. But for some reason, uh, production companies have now been doing it for sequels. They Leg- do it. legacy sequels as well. They do it with games. It happened to God really? of War. Mm-hmm. God of War. Okay, yeah, so- there was a God of War one, and then two, three, and then a bunch of other games, and then another God of War, like twenty eighteen. Also, okay. So would would that new God of War be in the canon of the timeline of the original? Uh, franchise? Yes, yes. It is the furthest thing in the future, but it also uh, is just God of War. See, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why not just put Scream 5, you know? I mean, it would have been Scream, God, of War, God of War 5. Mm-hmm. Well, That's what they could have called it. Sort of, technically. But they could have called it that. Or, or God of War and then a subtitle Yeah, would have made more sense to me. No, it's just straight God of War and it's the same dude, same character, except just a whole other place. Candyman also did that recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, I think, are going through the timeline where it's just Candyman and then... Candyman 2021, I think it came out last year, 2021. Um, but it's actually the second one in that timeline, I believe. Didn't like Dune do it also? It's just Dune. Is it a. I see, I didn't know it a remake. Dune until recently that it was a. That there was a movie called Dune before that. I didn't know yeah. that. I'm not a big um, Dune guy, I guess. So, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Do you know if it's a sequel or a. a I remake? don't know. I don't know if it's a sequel. I know Blade Runners was a remake. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it was called Blade Runner, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that makes sense. Remakes make sense when they're called the same thing. For some reason, like the way the production companies claim the reasoning is, is to get new viewers to go watch it. Um, but why would you want if you? Why would you want a new viewer to go watch it without having watched the first ones? Because it's going to make more sense if you watch the whole franchise. Because money. I know, but it's just not fair. No. It's not fair to the viewers it's... who think that it's a new movie and then realize, oh, I have to know 25 years worth of backstory to to really fully experience this movie. They do it with every fucking Batman, just about. Also, it's just Batman, and then Batman again, and then another Batman. But there's no, like, one, two, or three, I don't think. No, but, like, Batman, I feel like most of those are remakes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you would call them technically, but, like, the Batman... Yeah, uh, doesn't have anything to, to do, do with the you. events I mean, that came before it, right? It's like a new start. The Batman. So that makes sense to me. And by the way, Batman, great movie. I still haven't seen it. You're a Superman fan, but not a Batman. I've fan, seen all I the guess. Superman. No, I fucking love Batman. Uh, Just not enough to go to the movies. Oh, you were supposed to go with us that day. I was what supposed to go. I my tire 
blew out or something like that. Like something happened. Oh. And I couldn't go. I don't remember what it Seems was like exactly. It's happened to you a couple times. It does. It happens to me. Dude, I, I don't know. <laughs> it has something to do with your car, I think. Yeah. Because you didn't have it. And Gabe was like, I can come get you. But we were like downtown. Yeah. And you live away in West yeah. Knoxville. Yeah. I hate having people come pick me up. I just don't like it. Why? I like to have my own car. I like no. to have my own car. Wow. I just always have. You just hate asking for help. I also hate you asking hate for help. being vulnerable and needing something. I... I actually don't mind as much as I used to, but that's good. I, it's still like, it's just inconvenient. Like for like little things, like it was like, Oh, we're just going to the movies. Like, okay. Like if I need help, yeah. sure. Like I can, I can ask for help. That's right. Yeah, like yeah. I had, like you can't me to go buy that car at one time. Cause like I needed someone to take me to go. Right. Cause you get a needed a car. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause like <laughs> I, I needed that. Like that was no problem. But right. like, Oh, we're gonna go have fun. It's like, well, if I don't have my shit together, I shouldn't be going having fun. Like, I, I shouldn't be going and having fun. Well, you don't deserve to have like, fun. Like, it's it's like I don't know. Like, it's a little maybe. I don't know. No. Like, it's not that. It's, it's just like I don't. I'm not gonna make someone make, go out of their out way. of their way just so I can have fun. Yeah, I feel like that too. I guess when I've I've had to like ask for ask for things and stuff like that. But I like helping people, so yeah. I don't mind it at all. And I think that most people. Our friends, anyway. No, yeah, like absolutely, yeah, no, they they do, and like y'all are always down to help. I just like, I don't know, like it's like it's it's not a huge deal if I miss a movie, right? Like it's not like oh, I need a ride to a wedding, like it's that's <laughs> I need a ride. different. Yeah, you can miss a wedding too, as long as it's not your wedding. Well, yeah, <laughs> but like I don't know, it's just like it's a bit more, it's more of a moment. Like oh, you didn't show up to my wedding, like that's kind of right. as opposed yes. to oh, you missed Batman, the thing that's gonna play multiple times over the month. <laughs> I, you know, you you get in there when you can. Like right. it, it didn't seem like that big of a deal. Also, if I just to inconvenience somebody, but like. Now, if I need help, I'll, I'll ask for it. But that not that didn't used to be the case, even. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. So it used to be worse, worse than that. You'll just bear through it before. Yeah. I would just like, I think there was one time, like, I really did need some help with a car or something like that. Like, my car in college, like, broke down or whatever. And I was just like, I'm just going to walk to the store. Like, I, oh, my so God. I, did, I just walked, like, two miles to Walmart, which is not crazy. But, like, carrying all the stuff was kind of heavy. Carrying all the stuff. Yeah. Well, then you should have stolen a shopping cart. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't do that anymore, though. That's good. (laughs) It's progress. It's great stuff. It's progress. It's what Batman and or Superman would do. Right. But Batman never asks for help. Well, that's not true. He has Robin. He he helps people. He gets help all the time. time. I just didn't know that people help him as often. He gets help all the time. Uh, Okay. It's like the commissioner, and you got you're at Robin. Yeah. just the entire athlete. bat family oh that's true yeah, yeah i didn't even think about that there are at least four robins what do you think is a superhero that asks for help the least <sighs> superman he never needs probably soup he doesn't need it but he's just he just likes to ride along he's like yeah you can come hang out like, yeah, he's like why not i'll be part of the justice <laughs> league i mean yeah, okay. i can do it by myself but you might as well be there yeah might as well yeah why not like i don't know yeah i don't think wonder woman's really having sidekicks that i know of no she doesn't there was like a there's like a dude sidekick she had for a minute, but he wasn't even really a sidekick because he didn't do anything. He just hangs out with her. <laughs> like, so I didn't know who that was. The only thing I know about Wonder Woman is I used to watch the old TV show, the Linda Carter. Yeah, old TV show with my mom, but I never read any comics. And the movie was the movie was good. I'm, I haven't read a bunch of comics. I need to do better with it. Really, I thought you were really into comics. I am really into comics, but it's more like Marvel stuff mm-hmm. and. I don't know. I do really like comics. I just I want to get. Into, I don't like the more. format of comics. 
comics, uh, but I love the stories. So I love reading about them on mm-hmm. the internet <laughs> instead of actually reading, reading the, the comics. comics themselves. And I love the movies. How many actual comics have you tried to read? Well, I mean, I've tried to read some Spider-Man and I've tried to read The Walking Dead and I wasn't into that. And I got some for you. I'm going to give you some. Some comics? Mm-hmm. What are they going to be? Uh, I have and one. And you think it's going to make a difference? I have one that's really good. Uh, I like it anyways. Uh, it so superior? Okay, so I have a bunch of Deadpool comics that you can borrow. I would love... Those I've are tried fun. to read Deadpool too. Not extensively, just like in the store. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. looking at comics. Yeah. yeah, I got a couple. They look fun. Well, I have Especially a few. some Spidey Pool stuff, Spider-Man, Deadpool. I think one of the stories has something about that in there. I can't remember. Uh, there's one that I like a lot. It's a DC one. It's called Blackest Night. And Blackest Night is when like the lantern of like death like takes Batman's... Like, so Batman dies and the lantern of death yeah there's a black lantern and that one's like the lantern of death oh and yeah so like there, you get the whole spectrum that's related to green lantern yes green lantern is willpower mm-hmm. and like red lantern is like rage orange is oh, greed okay. yellow is fear uh and then i get the other ones confused a bit there's hope which is blue there's love which is like pink and then there's one more it's the violet one i cannot remember what they do yeah no i like comic books they're great <laughs> I think they're awesome. Okay. I love the characters, all the stories. Um, but that's that's a different podcast. That is. Uh, we've we've delved into the uh, the comic men podcast now. Uh, Scream. Yeah. Uh, I guess we we could talk about why we're watching Scream. Uh, we are planning on. Well, first of all, Scream is very popular these days with the the fifth. Fifth movie coming out just this year. The sixth movie being announced to be released on March 31st of next year. Oh. Which is very exciting. It goes into production this summer in Canada. Very exciting stuff. How are Um, we not on that project already? I have been trying. So, like, I told you. I think I told you that I I contacted the editor of Scream. Uh uh, Scream 5. On LinkedIn. Because (laughs) I'm just obsessed. And I... I'm an editor and want to edit Scream movies. So, like, she has my dream job. Yeah. So, I just, like, connected with her on LinkedIn. And she doesn't actually have that many connections. Because, like, people don't... Like, directors get famous, you know? Uh, the stars are obviously famous. No one cares about the, the editors. editors. The general public... I care about the editors. The general public does not care about the, who the editors are. Yeah. So, they're I, not as popular. They're not as famous. And so, she doesn't have that many LinkedIn connections. And I would just, like, send her a connection request. Um, and she accepted for some reason. People just do that to random people. Yeah. Um... Especially, well, if they work in your industry, like she could see that I'm an assistant editor. And so I, I Maybe she her. needs an assistant. She does need... See, I read an article where she had been interviewed first. Um, Michelle Aller is her name. Shout out Michelle. And shout out to Michelle. Thank you for talking with me. Uh, but she was... Uh, she done, And she was talking about her assistant editors in that article. And that's what made me think, ah, I'm an assistant editor. <laughs> she hires assistant editors. Maybe we should talk some, you know? So, because she was talking about Avid. So she cuts on Avid, too, which is what, what I work in, uh, primarily. And uh, I was just like, hey, um, I'm an AE. I work in television, but I was wondering if I could pick your brain about the industry a little bit. And she was like, sure, ask me questions. So oh, I just yeah. sent her a bunch of questions, you know, like in order. And I was just like, uh, asked her um, how she got into horror films. She said that she actually knew uh, the director of Paranormal Activity one of the Paranormal Activity movies. I can't remember which one it was. Oh, you don't like those? We didn't tell her that. 
<laughs> hey, Michelle. No, she does, no shout out to Michelle. You can't watch this now. Yo, guess what? Okay, so I'm not a fan. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not a fan of Paranormal Activity movies. However, I'm a huge fan of Blumhouse. Uh-huh. Blumhouse made the Paranormal Activity movies, and that's like how they got started. But they've done so much more of that since then. So right. like, that's my dream company to work for one day would be Blumhouse or Blumhouse Television. Mm. Um, and she knows people there. And which Scream was not made by Blumhouse. But anyway, that's how she got into horror movies. She's like, once she cut uh, a couple of paranormal or one of the paranormal activity movies, um, she ended up just being like kind of like typecast into mm. horror. So, so she's not even a huge like horror fan. She oh. just happened to know someone and now people hire her to edit horror. She also edited... Uh, Shit, I'm, I'm remembering this off the dome, so I might be saying incorrect things, but I'm pretty sure she edited Annabelle Creation, which um, was directed by David S. Sandberg, who is someone else I've always dreamed of working with. So I'm just thinking, she has my dream job, my dream career. So uh, I was like, if I could just, just get close to her, you know, she's got AEs. And I told her, I asked her some questions or whatever, and I ended up uh, saying, if, if uh, you ever need an AE, because um, she has her team or team whatever. that goes with her to every production but they might get promoted they might move they might not go mm-hmm. with her one of them you know so i'm like i'm an AE. if you ever need someone i could i could join the union and uh if one of those AEs mysteriously disappear yeah justin's then, ready then he's I'm here, here if you and, need... and prepared to to step in if needed <laughs> um so <laughs> that was really cool why was i talking about editing scream five uh because we're talking about scream and why we're gonna yeah yeah, yeah why, why we're watching scream but uh um, then after that, I came to be aware of Streetcar Entertainment, mm-hmm. your company uh, that you work at, uh, is making a documentary, or there's uh, documentaries in production there about Scream and the Gainesville Ripper right. connection. Right. Yes. So tell us about that. Uh, well, it's still in the field right now, mm-hmm. so it hasn't come across my plate yet as a post producer. Okay. But. Uh, so I haven't been paying attention. Gotcha. I mean, <laughs> I, I know, it's... I know, just like what um, has been told to me about it is that it's a documentary. Uh, Scream is um, was loosely inspired by the Gainesville Ripper murders. Of very loosely, from what I understand. Very. very However, loosely. for theatrical purposes, it's pretty inspired. It's pretty inspired. <laughs> That's what the documentary is trying to create connections in between those right and we're trying to read between the lines right right right. and there has been several at least two that i've seen documentaries scream the true story that have done that already i've seen a few articles claim it also like just in yeah. research like if it, layman's just research just like the general public just looking into things like they're gonna make that same connection because i've seen several articles do that right but and that's because that's because uh kevin williamson the writer of scream um, told a story, he's told the story several times now, about how he was inspired to write Scream because he was house-sitting one night, and he was watching the news, and it was a in the 90s, so it had just happened. Um, the Danny Rowling murders in Gainesville, Florida, was a news story on television, and it mm-hmm. got him afraid. He was started getting a little spooked. You know, he was home alone at night, mm-hmm. and he called his friend and to, like, try to get his friend to, like, calm him down, you know, like make him think about something else right but his friends started trying to scare him instead and they started talking about horror movies and that gave him the idea of what if you know someone's on the phone talking about horror movies and there's a killer outside like lurking just like danny rowling was right uh and then he sat down and wrote like a 13 page uh outline that became scream it was at then called scary movie was the original working title uh 
that's the extent of the connection. Which, I mean, you know... Yeah. Kinda. like Exactly. Kinda. So that's what it's like. It's like he doesn't uh, take any of the murders and make them like Danny Rowling. Right. The killer isn't supposed to be like him in any way because Danny Rowling was... Um, he was killing uh, co-eds in college uh, who he didn't know. Mm-hmm. He was just breaking into random people's houses. From what I understand, uh, that's not the case in Scream. I guess it's a little bit of a spoiler, but you've already watched uh, recaps of all of them. Yeah. The killer, you know the killer. It's in your friend circle. Right, you know? right. And uh, um, like I pointed out to Jim in our interview, uh, Danny Rowling murders are actually way more brutal yes. than the Ghostface murders yeah. are at all. And I've seen bits and bobs of like what's come in from the field and like some you know crime scene things and uh, some um, stuff like that. Although, from what I understand, also which we we have a couple uh true crime documentaries coming down the pipes but like all like all the all of his like crime like all the police investigation has been wiped like it's just like he he was killed and then they just got rid of everything so like a lot of the records we don't have um but we've yeah our archives person has been doing pretty good at going through and finding a few things i was in like the last writers meeting or whatever that's so like, kind of mysterious yeah it, it adds a mysterious level to the documentary all making of, process yeah all of the records have been destroyed wow that the cops have that's fun yeah <laughs> i like that just have it, to lean more into the scream side of things. it sounds fun and unless you're trying to uh make a job out unless of that you're trying to, yeah, yeah, <laughs> except that we need archives and we don't have any need that except yeah. that it's my job to find archives them affidavits would have been real nice but oh they didn't want them so that's so funny in okay. case any police officers are uh, watching and or listening, uh, yeah, keep your affidavits for uh, documentaries. You might be in one. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the uh, I was approached to be interviewed for yes. this documentary. We picked you. We handpicked you. <laughs> we were like, oh, man, we need people to talk about this documentary. And both Hannah and I were like, oh, Justin, do it. Justin, <laughs> just do it. Just don't. No, shh, shh, shh. Justin, do it. Just yeah, do right, it. right. Hannah, Hannah, I was at work and Hannah texted me and she said, hey, uh, we're making a documentary about Scream, and they want to interview you for mm-hmm. it. And I said, <laughs> "Bullshit!" I literally texted her back. I said, "Bullshit." I think I texted you after that and was like, "No, no, it's real." No, yeah, she said, "She said no. I'm 100 percent serious. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't mess with you like that." Yeah. And I was like, "I was like, I still think you're fucking with me, but I'm 100 percent in." And then she was like, "No, seriously, Maggie, Vic, and Robert all say they want to interview you." And then you messaged the group, and you were like, "Justin, do our Scream interview." Yeah. And I'm like, "What are you guys talking about? Why is this happening?" That was before I knew that it was about. Uh, Danny Rowling as yeah. well as Scream, which makes more sense in my head now because there's no way you guys were just making a documentary about Scream. Yeah. I wasn't buying that, but uh, but then yeah, they actually you guys actually wanted to interview me for it, and I I went to an interview and I did the interview. So hopefully, as long as uh, I said some helpful things, you did. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that you did. At least uh, in the field notes that I read, uh, you did. I was so, like, okay, you I was did great. Like, as long as. It, part of it was useful. I will be in it and will not be cut. If you I'm will cut, not be cut. If I'm cut out of it, then now we'll cut this part out of the podcast. Yeah, we'll just get rid of this. Well, didn't this happen. episode will not exist yeah. because that's the whole point of doing it. Was that uh, we thought it would be cool if uh, our scream episode, which we had not done yet, um, coincided with the release of this documentary. Which is it couldn't be much better of a like reason to pull out scream to pull out scream. My favorite, right? Movie, like because I hadn't suggested it yet because. It's not the scariest movie ever right. made. Right. You know, which is what we're trying to find. Right. However, it's not as not scary as a lot of people think. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, people often confuse it with Scary Movie, which is the spoof franchise, <clears throat> because it makes 
scary movie makes fun of the Scream franchise. Right. Uh, but Scream is actually not that goofy. It's okay. very... Okay. You can give your own opinion on it here in a bit, I suppose, okay. after we watch it, after you actually watch it. But okay. I don't think it's that goofy. I think it's got great comedic relief, but it's got some good scares in it as well for a 90s film. And, um, yeah, so... What's it? They're, 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 uh, the documentary, though, they're calling it uh, Lights, Camera, Action, Scream now? Um, Something like that. I think it's still a working title. Yeah, like I the, hope so. the network has to get their hands on it first, and then right. they can, we'll, we'll see what they say. They right. always change okay, their mind. Okay, cool. So at the, time of, at the time you are listening or watching to this, you can now watch this documentary on Tubi. Yes, for free. For free on Tubi. So yes. check it out, and you will see me. Um, because if you can't see me, then I won't be saying this to you. I will have edited this part out. Yeah. So you can watch me in a documentary, um, probably called Lights, Camera, Action, Scream. Maybe not. Uh, it's a working title. We'll but, see what happens. But I will include the uh, the details on that in the description on uh, YouTube. Yeah, whenever so we release can, this. Whenever we release it, you can you can check it out. So without further ado. Yeah, scream. let's, uh, well, hang on. There's one sure. more further ado. Book drink. Oh, hell yeah. I forgot about the book drink. I've been needing the book drink. <laughs> we should, you should have interjected earlier and said you needed a book drink. A uh, little dry. I'm sorry, Cordell. I need the book drink. Here, do you want a rum first? We have Bacardi in the book today. Bacardi book drink. I was thinking the other day, I I'm hopefully talking about old road member. Like, help me remember. Um... Jack and Coke, or uh, Jack and Bacardi, Bacardi and Coke, is like a drink of somebody else, somebody like super famous or like some like really cool character was like, oh yeah, Bacardi and Coke. That's really? Name. Yeah, I can't. I need to remember. know that because that's my drink. And I, I know I'm... it was something. It's in a song. It's a. Uh... What? What's whose song is that? I wish I knew more songs. It's like <laughs> I wish ah, I could music better. I wish I could t- tell stories better because it's definitely in a song that I've heard on the radio recently. I can't think of it either, but I know that I was like, damn, that, I mean, it's advertised well Here, or whatever. Bacardi and Coke. We'll just Google. Yeah. Who drinks Bacardi and Coke? Who likes Bacardi and Coke? Uh, out there, listeners, viewers, friends and family alike, my fellow Americans, raise your hand Speaking if you like. people who drink and don't drink Bacardi and Coke, I was made fun of for drinking Bacardi and Coke on, uh, the B3F podcast when we guessed it on that. Shout out B3F. Shout out to our friends at B3F because because uh, you could go listen to their podcast too if you're here. They're they're, they're fun. They're uh, some of them are kind of mean about <laughs> what other people drink. <laughs> they were very uh, nice. Steven. They were very nice to me. <laughs> yes, they're they're very nice to Cordell. <laughs> no, Joey's nice. I love Joey, and I like. Oh. I like Steven too, don't get me wrong. Yeah. He just he just likes fucking with people. He which is does his personality, which and, is what he does. And he he came back quick with that. Oh, that's a bitch drink. Like, it yeah, was he's fast. like, oh, it's a bitch drink. I'm not, like, I'm not fucking drinking that. It's like, And the he, whole format of their their podcast is that the guests pick what they drink. Yeah. And so that's what I had suggested because that's what I drink. Yeah. And then they're like, ah, oh, fuck, fuck that shit. I swear that's a bitch there's drink. And then something... so I started start asking people, I'm like, who is this known as a bitch drink? Is this something that I, I don't know? think this that is it the is. Grayson drink. My father drank this, my father's father drank this, and this is what I grew up on. Um, so to speak. Uh, and I was like, I didn't know this. So I started asking people and nobody else has heard of it as far as I've heard, unless they just don't want to tell me. I'm talking really fast now. You get excited. I get excited about Bacardi and Coke. <laughs> so uh, what you, what you, what's, what's the Google say? I don't, uh, it's 15 celebrities reveal their favorite drinks. Like Google. Paul DeMaxi has a song called Rum and Coke. The Andrew Sisters, Rum and Coke. Maybe Bola. that's just what it is. Rum and Coke. Post Malone has Coke and Rum. 
Yeah. Uh, Tons of people love rum and but coke. But there is a song. Let us know in the comments what it is where it says uh, sippin' Bac- Coke and Bacardi. And it's like Bacardi the brand specifically in the lyrics. And I just don't remember. I'll just type that in. Sippin'. Coke it's just and... like, but rum and coke, like Bacardi's rum. So like. Yes. No, it's the same thing. It's just that, that it's a brand of. Sure. Rum, yeah, yeah, right? no. It's yeah. a, but then why, why then? Why? Liam, uh, Liam Payne. Strip that down. Is that something? That is definitely not what I thought. <laughs> is that is, is that a famous artist? I don't really know who that is. I don't reckon Sipping so. lightly. Okay, so yarn. Do you know? Do we know yarn? No, I don't. Mm. What genres are we in? Liam Payne. Uh, this is a. Uh... They sound country. No, it's not country. What is this? Let me play a little bit of it for you. This is a. Uh... I don't know if the mics will pick this up, but I'm just going to play a little bit of the song. I hope they don't, because we'll get demonetized. <laughs> we watch movies on this podcast. You're right. <laughs> yeah, but we can we can fair source some of that. We can you know, Also, what's funny is that we don't monetize our videos as of now in the first place. You've heard this. I haven't, but I kind of like it already. Well, they play it on the radio a lot. It's a pop song. Maybe, yeah. I want him to say the Bacardi line. I swear he does. Sipping lightly. Yeah. yeah. Coke and Bacardi, sipping lightly. That's what okay. I was talking about. It's, okay, it's Liam Payne. I like that. But that's not what you were talking about. So we'll I have to think was. of that some other day. I'll get it. It'll come to me. Okay. It'll come to me at like three in the morning for no reason at all. I'll wake up in a cold sweat like, Justin, <laughs> this is what it is. I remember how cool your drink is. <laughs> well. Okay, so. Let's do it. Let's watch the screen. That is a big ass phone. So this is what phones looked back in the nineties. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know. It was just just a, kidding. This was the this was released the year we were born. Big ass phone. So me and you were both almost one years old when this came out. It's December of nineteen ninety six. December twentieth. Can we turn it up a little bit? Sure. Here we have Drew Barrymore. The star of the movie, wink. <laughs> she is the biggest celebrity in the movie. Yo, it's a wild time back then where you would just talk on the phone with a stranger. Well, he called the wrong number. Yeah, but then like to get like, do you have a boyfriend? And I have such a mild reaction. It's like, <laughs> no. But his voice is so sexy. Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a boyfriend? That's pretty good. Voiced by Roger L. Jackson, who does the voice of Ghostface in all of the Scream movies. Awesome. He's amazing. Shout out, Roger. Shout out to Roger. Also the voice of Mojo Jojo from the Powerpuff Girls. Mojo Jojo. Nice. Hey, are your popcorn burning? What's that in the in the thing there? Is those just balls in the... She got a thing of the balls. Centerpiece over yep, there? the centerpiece of the you table. Know, I've never really thought just much about it. Just a thing of balls. Look like onions. <laughs> yeah, the onions are the centerpiece. That would be something. Well, that's just such an odd centerpiece. <laughs> just jokes, he says. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're just playing. <laughs> yeah, okay. We're all having fun here, right, Drew? <laughs> Scream would never work in the hood, ever. Why? Too many keep, people around. Keep, all keep the time? their doors locked. 
Oh, keep your doors She's locked. She's over here having to run and lock door. Who? It's in the middle of the night and you got all your doors unlocked? I also think it has to do with the 90s because now I feel like people do just generally lock their doors when they go inside. I guess you're right. I hope. I do. That's a reflex for me to lock the door. Why would you lie about ha having a boyfriend? Because she was talking to a, a sexy sounding guy on the phone. Well, ma maybe she was going to cheat on her boyfriend. Maybe she should die then. Maybe, no, she, just... <laughs> maybe she deserves it, you know? We don't really know her life outside of this scene. Well, obviously it's not a good one. She's... <laughs> we also find out later that she dated Stu. Not Stu. Yeah, Stu Mocker. He's a character later on. Oh, I remember the name. From the fifth one. Told you I got it covered. Oh, yeah. I guess they do mention him a couple times in the fifth one. Stu did make a ca uh, cameo in the fifth one, though. Mm. A voice cameo. He said, this shit is lit. He played Chrome Ghostface from Stab 8. You gotta watch all of the rest of the screams just for the Stab franchise. They're so... They're in all the... They're not in this movie because it hasn't... Happened yet. Right, because the Stab movies are based on what happens in this movie. Such an intricate fandom. <laughs> it's so great. I don't understand how it's not... More popular? More popular than it is. It's kind of niche a little bit, I feel like. It may be. But it's hard for me to tell because I'm so deep in it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even see the light I can't anymore. see the light. I don't know <laughs> if I'm alone or if there's, or if I'm not special and everybody is into Scream. I don't really know. I'm surprised you don't know the brand of knife they have. It's a buck 120. <laughs> Everyone, it's like, oh yeah, it's the same kitchen knife also. Oh, that lampshade was uh, in the scene of... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, see, Ghostface uses a buck 120. I actually learned that... Uh at the interview for uh, the documentary. Oh, word. Because they were saying, do you know uh, if it's the same knife uh, that Danny Rowling used or Ghostface used? And I said, I used to know the brand that Ghostface used, but I can't remember. So, um, Dave, is that his name? Somebody looked it up. Macaulay, yeah. Yeah, so, probably. Okay, so he looked it up and he was like, Dave's uh, great. he told me what knife both of them used and I just repeated it back. <laughs> nice. I was like, okay, so Ghostface uses a buck 120 and uh, Danny Rowling uses a K-Bar knife. They're similar knives, but the K-Bar, I think, is even bigger. Oh, no. He stabbed her. There she goes. Drew Barrymore, the star of the movie, killed off... Wow. ...in the first 15 minutes. Unheard of. <laughs> People were shocked, let me tell you. This is like Psycho killing Janet Lee halfway through the movie. But even worse, because it's Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Ooh, sexy guitar in the background. Playful banter. Playful banter. Self-kisses. Oh, with that touch. Mercy. Mercy. <laughs> Uh-oh, but she's not ready. But she's not ready. As the guitar strums. Who's he? He's been old my that, whole life. He's been old your whole life? That is the famous Henry Winkler yeah, of Happy Days. That's what I he's thought. He's the Fonz. He's the he's Fonz. Cool. He, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, he's been old my whole life. because he, he has been old our whole life, yeah. Well, this this came out the year we were born. So, yeah, right. he was old here, and he continues to be old. He's He hasn't stopped yet. He hasn't stopped being old yet. <laughs> Good for him. He's yeah, still alive, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. He's doing stuff. I would have heard if Fonz died. Yeah. 
And that Shaggy. You don't like it? I know him. I love Shaggy. Yeah, Matthew Lillard. He's great. <laughs> He's the best. Hey, shout out Shaggy. Matthew that's, Lillard. That's, uh, that's Rose McGowan, actually. I've met Rose McGowan and Skeet Ulrich. They're the ones who signed my screen poster back there. That's awesome. Um, I'm trying to collect all of them, so I still need to meet Matthew Lillard. Shaggy, I need to meet Nev Campbell, the Sydney Prescott. I will move heaven and earth to also meet Shaggy. Yeah? yeah. You want to come meet Shaggy with me? He goes yes. to conventions all the time, so I yes. just have to wait until, like, I'm just waiting until Knoxville or Atlanta 100%. has him. 100%. And it's... it's you going to get him to sign a, a Shaggy thing? Yes. <laughs> it's even better because, like, the internet memes about around Shaggy, like, have boosted him into, like, a pseudo, like, godhood of, like... About Shaggy power. specifically or Matthew Lillard? About Shaggy specifically. And that since Matthew Lillard played Shaggy, he too has ascended to Godhood. Oh, that's beautiful. All based off of one like Scooby-Doo episode. And I bet fucking Pio would watch that. Uh, he probably knows about it. Though, what episode's that? There's one episode, maybe a movie, of Scooby-Doo where Shaggy like goes Super Saiyan. And they call it like Ultra Instinct Shaggy, which is like the like a, essentially a Super Saiyan God. Uh type deal and so he but like shaggy like something happens in the episode where he just like gets more confident than he needs to be he thinks it's some placebo effect kind of thing and they took the one clip out of context to him just like having an a crazy power level because he beats up a bar full of dudes oh my god yeah it's like all like, like indirect one of the stuff. cartoons it's one of the cartoons yeah it's, it's an indirect thing it's like a bunch of like a big biker gang is there and they're like throwing punches he's like kind of ducking under and like letting them fall over each other kind of thing <laughs> and uh anyways they were like oh shaggy Shaggy's the same as Goku. Huh. <laughs> and then consequentially, like Matthew Lillard has also being Shaggy, like there's one scene in the live action ones where he like kind of like puffs yeah, up he's or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, this he's part of it. And so like Matthew Lillard as Shaggy is like on the internet, like just boosted. Like his, <laughs> the his internet loves Matthew Lillard. Yeah, the internet loves him. And so his like his social currency went up there for like last year like heavy and so he's that's hilarious definitely uh more of an icon i love how he plays shaggy in the live action and also the cartoons now yeah yeah. ever since casey Kasem uh passed away but and and then like i remember seeing one of the the um uh like reddit things he he's like just so grateful of it he's like he just seems so nice (laughs) <laughs> he's like thank you guys so like I didn't even know that Shaggy was going to be that big of a deal but thank you so much like he was like really seemed genuine about it yeah uh, Matthew Lillard is the best he also really loves the Scream franchise and has been because uh, like when he goes to conventions and does Q&A's and stuff still like he wants to be in another Scream movie so badly he keeps saying like you know Stu could come back you know we don't know for sure that he's dead and everyone, well, that's a spoiler, but uh, you probably knew that. Yeah. Um, everybody's like, oh, no, he's dead. <laughs> like, no, you're not coming back ever. Give him another but ghost. But then he's fueling this this huge part of the fandom that wants Stu to come back and be the killer in the new movie. And it's like, no, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's I'm, I'm on the side of no, I love Matthew Lillard, but that would be horrible for the Scream franchise to do that. He could have a cameo or two. Why not? I mean, sure, but not as that character. He can be the voice that he was in Scream 5. Sure. He's actually in Scream 2 as a background actor at a party. Oh, that's he funny. He makes a little cameo there. He was dating Nev Campbell at the time. Ooh. Who plays Sydney there. Spicy. Yeah, they're not together anymore. It's weird to me that they ever dated, actually. Why? I don't know. She. She's out of his league. 
<laughs> Yo, you just got to be kind of funny. That's it. That's I mean, but like, look at her. Like, it's, I don't know. You'd be surprised what you can hee hee ha ha your way into, man. Hee hee ha ha your way into. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Wow, how orange. Where is it supposed to be? California. Okay, that makes sense. Northern California, I think. No cow. Is where it was shot. It was shot in um, uh, Santa Rosa. Hmm. But it's set in the fictional town of Woodsboro. I've been to Santa Rosa before. You have? <gasps> Why? Uh, I was on vacation. I wasn't in Santa Rosa specifically. I just kind of hanging out there. That's like, really cool. Just through. I've always wanted to go to Santa Rosa to visit all the filming locations. I didn't even think about it when Damn. I was there. You know what? I darn. Because uh, they, they filmed at the they filmed at the community center. They filmed at that cool uh, water fountain thing <laughs> that we could go sit at. You know, uh, we gotta go, Cordell. We gotta yeah. we gotta make another trip. Oh man, we got to. And the the house at the end, Stu's house, which was featured heavily yeah, in, in Scream Five. Five, yeah. Uh, which they had recreated as a set for Scream Five. In this movie, it's an actual house in an actual location. And it's in California, and it's uh, a little bit more north than Santa Rosa, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's used as a wedding venue. Hmm. And I'm thinking, hmm, maybe if I ever get married, maybe I should get married at the Stewart Mocker's house. You we're know? there. I'm there. It's so either going to be that or like uh, can some of the filming locations from Haunting of Hill House, which is in Atlanta. We almost can't even do this when I say this idea. Uh, what do you mean? It's such a good idea. You're going to have to cut this idea out, okay? I'm going to have to cut it out? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here, here's, here's what should happen. You get married at that house. Dude goes, does anyone object? I bust through in a scream costume. <laughs> and I run up and try to murder, and you, like, stop me somehow like that. You, you try to murder who? You. I, I don't know anybody. <laughs> oh, it's all, it's all stage. It's all, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, like, why not? If, if it's, like, a big moment, does anyone object? Like, the... It's the best to be like, yes, I object. I object. And I just run. I object. Yeah, yeah. And like they I object. And I just run up and like you just like kick me in the head or something. Like anything. Oh, yeah, that'll be great. But that would be awesome, that right? That would be awesome. That would be so cool. That. I don't think it's it warrants cutting out of the podcast. <laughs> well, I, I want I want everyone else oh, to be surprised by it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. They're going to yeah. be like, Justin beat up Scream. Like he killed the bad guy. Oh, my God. Anything. We could, we could do the whole like certain friends just start getting kidnapped and like, <laughs> taken out like, <laughs> and your family's just not they don't know what's happening <laughs> we're in a ghost face we're in a scream movie everyone is in like oh you, my god my wedding turns into a scream movie that would be fucking ideal right and then my wedding video is cut like, like a, a movie <laughs> damn okay so if i get married at the house which i can't remember what it's called now but 261 turner lane is what it is in the movie uh that's what we're doing for sure oh yes i've also thought about the Honey Pill House locations, though, because uh, they're in Atlanta and they're much closer. And they're, and I love Honey Pill House. Honey Pill House is my favorite show. Ah, but the screen, you can be goofy with the screen. We don't have to be as... We gotta take it as seriously. Right. Well, I guess it just depends on if I want my wedding to be serious or goofy. That's right. That's right. And he doesn't wash his hands. So you can tell that he was in jail. <laughs> Fuck. Did uh, Danny Rowling never wash his hands? Is that That's where he got that, that yeah. from? Notoriously didn't wash his hands. Notoriously. <laughs> he, uh, they caught him and he still had blood. DNA all, all over his hands from all, all of his victims. Riddled with it. And he was like, no, I didn't do anything. And they're like, well, what's... That's where the saying caught red-handed actually came from. Right, right. Danny he, Rowling. Danny Rowling invented it. Look, look, you say that shit, we're going to use this shit 
in <laughs> yeah yeah the producers you, you guys are gonna see it and be like oh that's fact we have to put that in someone someone's is gonna, gonna, gonna do that it. someone's gonna be fact checking it and be like well that's just not true what justin said i'm in this telling podcast. you it's like, that's because justin was joking i'll miss it and it'll make its way in somehow no. i'll be like no well, yeah, rolling invented the term caught red-handed this played in uh scream five right uh red right hand mm -hmm. it did um it I'll played be. during the murder of the, one of the first victims. The first victim who actually died. Uh, it was playing in his car. And then he stabbed him and he goes, Dum! Yeah. They brought it back for Scream 5. It was great. Right hand. I've listened to the song by itself. It's just a good song. No, I know. I listen it's to it. It's on. Song. I have a, a playlist. Or one, I follow a playlist on Spotify that's just the Scream soundtrack. And it has all the movies from all the songs from Scream. Because they have such good songs. Mm-hmm. He was a young Meg Ryan myself. It's just a good like meandering background music, like yeah, it's people really good. just hanging out. And it was good for a murder in the because it's, it's so it's, 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 it's just a it's good a song. Dynamic is that the word? I don't know. Yeah, it, it yeah, fits, yeah, yeah. Know, it does. It does a lot of stuff. Yeah. Now I will say, may and I may be biased, but I feel like it fits an older time period better. Mm. Like whereas in uh, Piggy Blinders, you, you know, you're looking at like the. 20s 30s right whereas this is like 90s and like you know there's a different shit going on in the 90s but it's still as far as like character movement goes it's a really nice like meandering kind of like just background right bopping yeah. around characters I would say, just hanging out i would say that makes a little bit of sense but i i agree that you'd be biased because you saw Piggy blinders I first biased, yeah Oh, this is the scene that scary movie makes fun of <laughs> specifically <laughs> yes it is Oh, see, scary movie, yeah, definitely makes fun of this because she's they use a bigger girl, <laughs> and like they let her get complete, like her, they like cut her legs off. Oh yeah, and then oh, she's, she's like, going, oh, oh please, wow, <laughs> I can't believe you got me. I guess I'll just do that. She like kills herself. <laughs> oh yeah, they make fun of it two different ways, I guess. Because somebody dies in the garage door in Scary Movie and it falls. Mm. But then also there's that girl Buffy who is also a character making fun of Sarah Michelle Gellar from I Know What She Did Last Summer. But then she's the one saying, oh, are we going to play Psycho Killer? And then she ends up being beheaded. Yeah. And she's like, now I guess I'm just going to scream. Is this the big finish or whatever? And she goes, ah! But she's like a beheaded person yeah. at that point. Notice that he's wearing our, well, you can't really see it with his jacket on. But he's wearing our Scary Movie flannel. Mm, mm. He's got it. He's got it on. It makes a return. This is like the fourth movie, I think, that we've seen it in. Scary movie final. It's a thing. They usually have to kill one person at a time. Now there's too many people involved. And monologues hard. that they have to make. Right. It's just too hard. It's too <laughs> much to put together. When they're wearing the mask, it's so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not in my movie. She's a badass now. Yeah, dad's still here. Dad, I forgot oh, about you. I had a dad. Damn. <laughs> Who's the camera guy now? Because it's not the other dude. She got a new one, I guess. We don't really learn. She has a different camera guy in Scream 2. We don't know who that is. Top story. Oh, damn, and tomorrow. all she did was call him fat and shit, and then he died. And then she's like, all right, well, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> she does not care about him at all. She cares about no one right now. Fuck, Gail. Later in Scream 2, she learns to care about, like, Dewey. They get closer, but... 
And even right then, now, she didn't, really, didn't really seem like she did all that much. I don't know that she has redeeming qualities other than being the last girl. Oh, what about what about Scream 5? She, you didn't like her in Scream 5? You didn't really see that much of her. Yeah, no. I mean, she's still... Yeah, we learned that she just divorced Dewey and then went on to do other shit and then came back just for a story like always. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, think... she came back because she was worried about Dewey in Scream 5. And she had producers there because they wanted her to cover Because they wanted her to reasons. cover Exactly. But that's not... She came back... That's just an excuse. She came back because she was worried about Dewey. She just didn't want to... That's what you know, she told Dewey. Admit that. Well, I don't know. I feel Gail like she was worried about worst. Dewey. No, no. Gail's not the Gail worst. Gail is the worst. No. No, she's... um. Ah, she's good. Scream 2. We got... I don't know. She's. You need to watch all the movies. She's got some more I'm character. I'm pretty positive that Gail is the worst. From the two movies I've seen Gail in, she's the worst. Uh, she didn't I, get to see her much in Scream 5. And she did come back because she was worried about Dewey. She came back because the producers wanted her to cover it. No, that just was a, For obvious reasons. Her reasons Dewey what she that. told Dewey. Her reasons what she told Dewey. Or what she told Dewey. But like that doesn't mean those are true reasons. They're, like they're they're, they're because true, though. Gail has all, from the first movie, from what I've seen so far, has very snake tendencies, and she's very like willing to just do anything for the story. She, I mean, she said, "Fuck the camera guy." Like I'm gonna cover this story, and like that's not real life redeeming whatsoever uh, at all. N- you're right, absolutely. Um, in this movie, she's. Out for herself, total bitch, no redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. But she grows in the next few movies. To do what? To care about Could... more than just herself and more about catching the killer and less about the story. But, like, catching a killer does nothing but do things for her. Gail is no, the worst. No, catching the killer stops a murderer. Sure. Know, and saves herself, but... but That saves herself! But, like, she doesn't have to be involved in the situation if she doesn't want to. She could leave. But, like, she stays and catches the killer. She's like, I don't care. Right, but doesn't... I just want to find this fucker. That's a line from Scream 2, I think. By the fifth movie, isn't she just, like, uber famous from catching killers and shit like that? I like mean, By the fifth movie, she's uber famous by being a reporter um, in general. Because by the fourth movie, she's actually a... Um, kind of a failed reporter mm-hmm. because she is trying to write in the fourth the beginning of the fourth movie she's trying to be a writer but she has nothing to write about so she's writing fiction but mm-hmm. she's not good at writing fiction and so yeah the fourth movie is about her not being able to write and so she's excited when a killing starts because then she has, no, Gail is the so she has something to write about because she's like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna write and she starts you know making notes and trying to catch the killer to write a book about it yeah, Gail's the worst. And like her and Dewey are like having like marital like arguments in Scream Four, but they're still married. But then by the end, they're like, you know, me and you, you know, no more on your own. We'll be together. It doesn't of work course, out though. In Scream Five, they're not together anymore. But that's been ten years. She's since the it. worst. So it's worked out for a while. Gail has been selfish from day one to the last movie so far. Will, okay, well, yo, dude, Gail sucks. You have good arguments, but why you is she seen the one other of the movies? main girls? She's garbage no she's not garbage come on she did nothing but insult her cameraman off rip you fat lard move your ass he dies all right come on let's get the story come on she's hilarious what like, it's not like, wacky. I know 50 pounds overweight but when i say hurry please interpret that as move your fat tub of lard ass now it's so funny cordell <laughs> it doesn't make it okay <laughs> it doesn't 
Oh no! I thought if it's ha ha he he, you know, you can he ha ha your way into anything. You can. You said that. Uh, apparently, Gail <laughs> he ha ha her way into your heart, but not mine. <laughs> she sure did. Also, so like, mm, uh, I love Courtney Cox, and she herself. I don't know how much you want to take like her word on Gail's mm-hmm. motives. But she knows the character pretty well, you know. And she said in interviews that the reason she came back to Westboro Street Five was because of Dewey, and that the producers were an excuse for uh, for Gail to tell herself that she wasn't going back just for Dewey. But then she was like, "Yeah, I'm here for Dewey mm-hmm. because she cares about him." And then he dies, and then she feels very sad. She doesn't. It she seems feels like so sad. it looked like she in the cries. end of that movie. She sits in the hospital she alone really for hours for did. no reason, just because Dewey's dead. That's the the one time of remorse that she's ever had. Well, that's the only time Dewey's isn't, ever died. Isn't her old? Well, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> but like she's literally been through every other fucking movie, and she didn't give a shit about anybody else before. Well, she gives a shit about Dewey. She um, Dewey almost dies in stat uh, in Scream Two, mm-hmm. and she goes, "Wah!" I don't know. She, she's upset. You know, I don't, I'm not an actor, <laughs> but 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 uh, and then she actually um, he survives, of course, and he gets pulled out on a stretcher. And at that time, it kind of like mirrors the first movie where he gets pulled out on a stretcher and she's being a reporter. In the right, second right. one, he gets pulled out on a stretcher and she says, "I'm coming with you," and gets in the ambulance with him, and they drive away together. Mm-hmm. So that's you know. And then in the third one, they get engaged at the end. Mm-hmm. And she's... Listen, <laughs> let me tell you this. And she really drives the third movie because Sydney's not in it very much. Liking one person doesn't make you a good person. She's still a trash person oh. to literally every... Okay, yeah, she likes one guy. Wow. Okay, she's not a nice person. She's the worst! <laughs> she might as well be one of the fucking killers! She... <laughs> The regard she that might as well be a killer. Like the regard she that Gail has, anyone. she stands by a lot. I'm sure the regard that Gail that Gail has for the rest of humanity is little to none. Oh man, it's marginal at best. Gail sucks. Wow. Yeah. I knew I'd have opinions about this fucking movie. Gail sucks. Okay, so you think Gail sucks? What do you think about Dewey? I think he's he's a hopeless buffoon, but that's just kind of how he stays. Yeah. Just a hopeless buffoon. Yeah, he means well, though. He means well, though, sure. How do you think about David Arquette? Here's the thing, though. Like, Dewey should get... Based off of, like, this last... Like, the fifth movie, right? Like I said, I've only seen the first, and I've seen the last. (laughs) Dewey probably should have gotten fired a while back. Like, he he does get fired, like, from the force where he retires or whatever fucking the fifth movie. They made him retire. They made him. He got fired, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Which, because, like, he's pretty fucking incompetent when it comes to being a police officer, a police officer. Yeah. Dewey's not good at his job no I agree about that at all I just like Dewey I like all of them of course like but, like they're fun you know tropey little characters but like they I mean like Dewey's not good at his job. I like him he's fine he's a good person Dewey cares about people yeah Dewey cares about Dewey people. cares about that's people. what he did that's Dewey's what, that's a good what person. Gail says in the fifth movie she, uh, Sam was like he helped me and Gail was like that's what he did he helped he helps people yeah he's you know, a good person Dewey's thing not her though he's in all those movies not her not Not her (laughs) no and she realizes that at the end she was like Dewey was a good person Mm -hmm. oh she does okay so Gail I don't know that this makes it doesn't make it better or whatever but Gail is aware that she is a bad person and Dewey is a good person you know so like at one point she's and she feels like bad about it and like tries to change in the third movie I think it was um she's like somebody mentions Dewey and she goes Dewey is no maybe it was the second one fuck anyway she goes Dewey is a good guy unlike some of us and then uh the killer she's talking to, oh, it's Scream 2, because the killer she's talking to is another reporter, and the other reporter is played by Laura Metcalf, 
and she's like, um, uh, she's just like, oh, okay, well, I mean, whatever. And Laurie Metcalf's actually the killer in Scream too, fun enough. And that's uh, Billy Loomis's mother, Mrs. Loomis. <laughs> My point was that Gail is tries to change. Self-aware asshole. Like she's, she's a self-aware asshole who strives to. Be I'm better. sure the devil knows he's bad too. Like, what do you like? Mm, I don't know. Can't. A lot of villains think they're. Think they're good. <laughs> I, like, but Thanos, that's the, for instance. That's the thing, though, right? You, okay, sure. Thanos thought he had it right. He thought he was doing what was best for everyone, and he thought it took the strongest will. Gale knows she's shit mm-hmm. and continues to be that but way. But she tries not to. It's just in her nature. She attempts a little, kind of, <laughs> by liking one guy. Oh. It's... If Dewey's the she one... tries to solve a murder. It, here's the thing. For her own benefit. No. At not... At the end, eventually it's just to catch the killer for the good of so a she murder being die. dead. Not just so she doesn't die. Like I said, she could leave the movie at any moment. But she wanted her to Her cameraman stay. in Scream 2 does. He says, I'm leaving. And he gets in the cab and he leaves the movie. <laughs> That's a fun thing that happens in Scream 2 that I like. Yeah, Her cameraman's great in Scream 2. Yeah, it was the worst. All um, right. Well, that's a hot take that I had not heard before. That yeah. Gail is the worst. I mean, obviously she's. Awful. I think people love her because of her. Fans love to watch her. Like, not that they think she's a good person, but that she's an interesting, fun character. I guess. You so the same things about the Kardashians. I mean, the Kardashians. No, they're not interesting or fun. <laughs> people love them because they think they're interesting and fun, oh, but they're I don't not. Know. Yeah. They're just not good people. I don't know them personally, of course. But I don't know the Kardashians. I just find them saying? boring, and I don't understand why they're famous. I mean, everyone loves a villain. Are the and Kardashians villains? Gail is. <laughs> <laughs> but Gail's not. Gail has never been the villain. She's just kind of well. She's to Sydney. She kind of pisses her off sometimes. She gets punched every now and which, then. Which, which, good, <laughs> good. Good. Yeah, I mean, I'm on Sydney's side too when she punches Gail, but like, I still love to watch Gail and and hope that she lives and people, and does well in her life and career. People turn their head when they see car crashes. Also, like, it's not because <laughs> you like to Gail watch is it. Not a car crash. <laughs> she is a terrible person. Oh no, gosh. Like, it looked like she didn't even put like it's like she tried to put on like a little bit of makeup. Like, like that scene was fresh. So she grabbed a new cameraman within the fucking hour to go cover that show. Yeah. Well, she not had even murders. giving a fuck. She had news doesn't stop. If you Cordell, it's her job. Get killed. She's the worst. If you're if you're closest associate, well, you're, just, you're, you're the closest to the story. You have the story. You're supposed to let someone else get the scoop, even though it's your story. Yeah. If you're, you're just not a reporter, that's if just not how ca- it works. I graduated <laughs> in journalism. If your cameraman dies, you don't have to cover that story. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to, but if you want to win the Pulitzer, maybe you should. Does she ever, though? Well, we don't know. She doesn't mention it in the fifth movie. <laughs> She's failed in the, you said the fourth? In the fourth one, she is not a reporter anymore. Mm-hmm. She's a writer who's trying to write fiction. Right. And you know who wins Pulitzers? Writers. Mm-hmm. Good ones. Yeah. Gail is not. Gail is... Gail wrote a book series that became a very popular movie franchise. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she has a lot of that money get, and royalties. That gets more people killed? The, it's not the movie's fault that, or the book's fault that people get killed. You can't say that. She definitely fuels the fire for the rest of the movie. Oh my gosh, is that... 
Gail oh, is, is that the... her stance though? That media causes causes murderers. They literally quote that shit verbatim. Yes, in this franchise, uh, absolutely. That's what this universe is. It's it's building off the metas of other movies. And if Gail started a whole book franchise that led more murders, knowing good and well that these motherfuckers are mimicking murderers. Okay. Gail is directly well, well she's indirectly influencing the rest of the like world. She's making more scream people. She's well, making more ghostface. Well, here's the thing. The ghostface is in the other movies. Uh second, third, and fourth. Mm-hmm. Their motives have to do with killing Sydney. They are related to Sydney or they, you know, know Sydney, they want revenge on Sydney. Right. It has nothing to do with stab movies. Sure. But the fifth movie, they yes. the fifth movie alone, they are fans of the stab franchise right. and are trying to recreate that. Yes. Um but Which they're Gale... fucking psychos, and I don't think that you can blame a movie for that. Uh, there's a line in this movie where Billy Loomis says, mm-hmm. uh, No, Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Mm-hmm. Movies make psychos more creative. Love that line. I, I agree with it. You can't also, blame the movies. Also, the other killer says, Peer pressure. I'm sensitive. Peer and pressure. I just... It had nothing to do with movies. It had to do with Billy pressuring him to murder people with him. Right. But like that's what happens in the fifth movie is they just love that kind of shit. Like They're pressured by that same instance of like oh you get away with murder and shit like that like they that's, that's like what causes like, the fifth like movie they see a violent movie and they want to recreate it they see a violent video game they want to yes, recreate and, it but i don't think that that's while, the creator's fault i think in, that's you're something's wrong with their brains in reality yes that is right the, that does not cause that however in this universe the it universe definitely fucking does it's not it is i not There's the nothing way, supernatural. Not the way Ghostface moves. <laughs> Ghostface is just clumsy. That's that's realistic. <laughs> you know, like it's not. If someone's gonna be if someone, if I was gonna go murder some people, I'd probably be pretty fucking clumsy at it. You know, sure, sure, it's sure. Just your average Joe Killer. He's not a superhuman like you would sure, see sure, in the other. No, no, I, and he doesn't have to be. But I'm ones. saying like their mental status is very like they they stick to the movies. At least again, first last movies I've seen, they're riffing off of Gale shit. <laughs> at least the fifth one is. I think that Gale caused the fifth movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the fifth movie killers Uh would not have been killers had there never been a stab movie. And there never would be a stab movie had Gale not written that book. Written the book, The Woodsboro Murders, that was inspired, that was, that that stab movie was based on. Yes. That's That's true. But I still don't think it's Gale's fault because I don't think it's a writer's fault or a movie's person's fault that someone does something. And then one through four is just Gale being a bad person, I'm sure. Or like, yeah, at least one through four. You have not mentioned the redeeming like she doesn't give a fuck about nobody but her, and then and sometimes Dewey. Dewey, and sometimes S- Dewey. and sometimes Dewey. and she's self aware about it, and she knows that she's awful. <laughs> like um, who else is bad though? Like, because Cindy is mean? just unfortunate. She's Sydney, just wrong place, wrong time at yeah, all times. Sydney is uh, uh, people just want to kill her so much. Yeah, um, except for in the fifth one. The fifth one, she was just doing it out of the goodness of her heart. Well, she said it was because she had children and wanted to make sure that they were safe. Right. But, like, she didn't have to come back to Woodsboro. No. Nobody was even after her in the fifth movie, but she put herself in that situation. Yes. So she's a good person. She's a masochist. (laughs) What? She obviously enjoys the pain. No, she doesn't. She... Oh, my God. She would leave earlier had she, like... Because, like, it's just none of these people's behaviors match with, like, traumatic incidents whatsoever. They're like... 
yeah, yeah, I want more of that. No, she said in the first of the five movies, she said, there's no way I'm ever coming back to that town. And she wasn't going to, but then Dewey got murdered and she realized she had to come back to make sure that she and her family, her family specifically, were safe because they were killing Dewey. Her family? She has two. She has like three children, at least because she was holding a baby stroller at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the movie. And then she said, the kids are in school or something like that. I don't remember what she said. So two or three kids and a husband not in Mark Woodsboro. No, they're somewhere else. What? And she just assumes that the killer's going to come find her? or Yeah, because all the other movies besides 1 and 5 and 4. So 2 and 3 are not set in Woodsboro. Okay. They follow Sydney wherever she is. Second one is set... Um, fuck, I forget. Ohio? No, I don't know if that's right. It's a college. She goes to college and is mm-hmm. at Windsor College in mm-hmm. a different state. And then 3 is set in Los Angeles. So how does the killer know where she is? Well, that was a big plot of uh, the second, or the third movie, was the whole first half of the first movie. Third movie, she had gone into hiding yeah. because she had been tried to kill, tried to be murdered twice. Right. So she went into hiding, and the first half of Scream 3 is about the killer trying to find Sydney. So he's calling everyone that knows her. Like, he calls um, Cotton Weary. You don't know much about Cotton Weary yet because you haven't seen the rest of the movies. But um, he uh, was the man who was accused of murdering her mother the first time. Sydney mm-hmm. thought that he had done it. And, um, but Billy said he did it. Right, but Sydney, this his her mother was murdered a year before this movie. Right, and Cotton was in jail for her murder because Billy had framed Cotton. And so he got out and was like, "I'm gonna." Yeah, I'm Gail gonna says earlier in this movie, she says Cotton's in jail. They're gonna gas him. Yeah. So like, and they showed like a snippet of him on the news. But anyway, yeah. in Scream Two, he gets out of jail and like he knows Sydney now. So by Scream Three, that the killer's calling Cotton mm-hmm. and um, is trying to find Sydney. He's killing his way. To try to find Sydney, he's calling like um, I don't know. He tries to, he tries to get a hold of Dewey. I don't understand why you would kill Sydney. She didn't do it. <laughs> you would go through like you'd want to kill prosecutors and like why who would want to kill like Cotton? Cotton? Yeah. Oh, Cotton is not a killer. No, right, right. That's not what I meant. Um, Cotton was just framed, and then he just knows Sydney, and the right. killer calls Cotton to try to find Sydney mm-hmm. because he knows that she he knows her. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't know where she is, though, unfortunately, and he gets murdered. So um, how does the killer know where Sydney's, Sydney's at? Does he just call around? Sydney eventually comes out of hiding because people are dying because someone's trying to find her. So she's like, okay, here I am. And the police want to talk to her because um, the police are like, uh, all these, this killer's trying to find Sydney. All these, uh, they're, they're leaving photos of her mom at the crime scene. So mm-hmm. obviously it's very tied to Sydney. Maybe Sydney's a suspect, you know? Right. So we need to find Sydney. So the police want to talk to her. So she ends up coming out of hiding to talk to the detectives and put a stop to it. Um, so that's why she comes to Los Angeles. Turn the TV off so we can make sure we see this. Um, okay. So Sydney cares about people and is she not. She does. She's not. A she's, well... <laughs> On that fifth movie, I, you know, you no, she's guess, trying to make but... sure that that the killer dies. She won't sleep until he's in the ground because she has kids, is what she says. Yeah, I remember that. It's just, um, it's not the you best idea. It's just, it's just not a good idea. It's just not. Because I mean, how? Okay, let me well, ask you this. Let me ask you this. How? What is Sydney's body count? Like, how many people has she killed? How many people has Sydney killed? I don't. I mean, I don't have it off the top of my head. Let's go through. She kills Billy and Stu. Right. She kills, um, in Scream 2, she kills Mickey and Mrs. Loomis. Mm -hmm. She has help killing Mickey. Um, Gail helps her kill Mickey, but she, I'm count that for her as well. 
So that's four. Then the third she one. She the assist, yeah. The third, yeah, she had the assist. The third one, she kills um, her brother. I'm just giving you all the spoilers. Her brother, because uh, you've already read them anyway, is the killer in Scream 3. So she kills him. Um, and then in Scream 4, she kills Jill, I think. Yeah. But there are two killers in Scream 4, but she uh, actually, Jill kills one of the killers. The killer kills one of the killers. Right. Betrays them. And then and then Sydney just kills Jill. So that's six. And then in five, did she kill? She didn't kill. Uh, she did. She killed one of them. <clears throat> no, Gail killed. Uh, oh, yeah. The girl. Right. And then Sam killed the boy. So right. Sydney actually didn't kill she, anyone in that movie. Wow. That's the one movie. One Sydney movie Sydney didn't, didn't kill anyone. Kill some. <laughs> She's. So she's killed six people. She's killed six people. Because they were all trying to kill Just her. And they were all, what is your point? She's a murderer too. Like, no. Okay, it's all self-defense. While they're on the ground. She shot that man in the head on the ground. Yes, he went, That's not self-defense. He, said, he was coming He's at her. Completely he incapacitated. He was coming at her. There were three people there. Okay, but they, he had tried really hard to kill her before. I don't think she's a murderer. So, okay, but like, but then she came, like she came back in the fifth movie and didn't kill anyone. So you can't say anything bad about her with the <laughs> intent on putting someone into else the ground. into the ground <laughs> because yes. they were killers, and she has to protect her family. Are you That's, really on the side of listen, against Sydney? Here's what Are I'm you saying. a ghostface here's, killer? Here's what I'm saying. Are you on the side of the murderers right now? I'm saying that she, her politics line up very heavily with the fucking Punisher, and she's What's like, wrong with the Punisher? I don't tries to murder, him. kill. Like, so the Punisher, his whole thing is like, if you are a bad guy, you die. Sounds good to me. And that is that's, <laughs> that, that's what she does. Yeah, she puts people in the ground who need to die. She Ghostface killers, to be specific. Only Ghostface killers, though. Her and fucking Clint Eastwood. Yeah, that's her. her I don't know that niche. that's. You don't think it's any of her business? All I'm saying is that, like, at least for the fifth movie, she came to murder. Yes. What, nobody fucking with her? Sam said, she said, she Sam said, you want me to help you and the host of a morning show commit murder? And they said, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, murdering bad no guys. Flags? Murdering no murderers. It's like a Dexter type thing, you know? Dexter's bad. Bad. That's bad. That's uh. That's, that's also bad. I don't know. That's uh. That's you, opinion. You know. That's like. That's like subjective. Whether murdering murderers is bad. Because there's I'm arguments a for it. Of the death penalty. Of course. You know. Some people aren't. There are arguments for it. So, of course. Yeah. But there comes a certain point when you hit, you know, person number three, four, five, six, that it's like, okay, maybe you like killing people too. No, she. May, uh, she's like, it's like a fucking blood sport to her. She's out she here. She has to stop them, or else they'll keep killing. I think she. I think by by the what fourth kill, she likes it. She doesn't seek it out. People start trying to murder her, and she just does what she's got to. What's got to be done. I just you're really coming at Sid not only Gail but also Sydney. Okay, Gail's inexcusable. I, you I could be reaching for her. Sure. I could be reaching for Sydney. But like it's like to show up like not my family. She's grizzled. Like if if it was a guy, right? Let's let's just let's switch the gender, right? Okay. If it was a dude that had fought his way through all these people. Mm. I mean, he he's like any action movie hero then. Right? Like yeah. that's a John fucking Wick. If she's the female John Wick, John Wick has no issue killing, and no one calls him a good guy, like, inherently. 
Like in like the first movie, what they they get at like they kill his dog or whatever. And well, see the thing is about John Wick. I don't. I've watched like the first movie. I don't really. Watch yeah, all yeah. Of them. But John Wick seeks out revenge. Right. For, like. Well, okay, so he did that in the fifth movie. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. By the fifth movie, she... Like, okay, but most her, of the movies, people are trying to kill her, her and character she's not seeking arc, out killing people. Her character arc goes from, right, self-defense, self-defense, self-defense. What are you doing here? Why are we here What are right you now? doing here? You came to murder? Right? Like, she's on her way. That's that's why hey, Batman... That's what why if Batman, Sydney's the killer in the next movie? That's what I'm saying. The reason Batman doesn't kill is because it is a thin line. He's like he says that once you kill a murderer, it doesn't remove murderers from the world, right? Like once you kill a killer, it like removes the, that murderer. The amount of killers stays the same, right? You just have killed <laughs> no, another killer. Not unless you murder more than one murderers to to fix the ratio, because you're already a murderer. Unless that murderer so murders know, multiple people, huh? like uh, so. Batman says if you kill a killer, the amount of killers stays the same, right? If you kill. That killer that's killed multiple people, and you just kill multiple killers. You're it's the same thing. The you're, same ratio. You're, you are uh, if you kill. If I were to murder multiple murderers, I am mm. reducing the amount of murderers in the world because I am only one murderer, but mm-hmm. I've killed two murderers, so there is one less murderer in the world. That's just math, and I'm not very okay. good at math, but I know well, that, I know like two is more than one. And and Batman's thing also is that he Batman doesn't know what he's talking about. He knows there's a fine <laughs> line. Once he starts, like you cannot stop killing. That's his thing. That's why he doesn't want... That's why he doesn't think bad guys should be killed is because once you start killing, like, it's very easy to continue to do so. And Sydney keeps doing it. Sydney, sure. com- Sydney comes back. She kills people, like, she once com- every 10 years whenever she- a Ghostface murderer starts killing people again. She comes back to murder. But, like, killing people again, like, she could... She, she only could, kills murderers. She could really just leave that to the cops, but she doesn't. The cops don't know what they're doing. The cops are fucking Judy Hicks in the fifth one. You know what happened to her? She's the sheriff of that town. I know, she I know. She did not make it. The she cops didn't. cannot be left to their own devices with these situations. So, vigilantism, I see. Absolutely vigilantism. You know? Why not? This is what gets Ghostface dead. I'm not saying if in real life that it would make the most sense, but as a, in a Ghostface movie... These cops are not getting the job done. In a Ghostface movie, like, you, it, 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 the motives for killing doesn't matter even. Like, you can just... And Sydney's motive also, I guess, doesn't necessarily matter. She just, I think she likes killing also. I think she also likes killing. And then she just sticks with it. And she's damn near happy when a ghost face possible she's like you no, know she's what? not happy ghost she is kill. like oh my god this again i'm tired of this shit i'm gonna put it's... fucking into it so it fucking stops she's not happy about it murder yeah murder by necessity i guess how did how did we end up in a debate murder good or bad i don't fucking know and no, 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 no. Of murder not... being good <laughs> that's what i'm wondering justin but cordell I mean, we're talking about murdering murderers here who are trying to kill people that you love, like do. Dewey and Gail. She cares about these people, and she cares about her kids. I don't know why she cares about She's worried that they're going to come after her next. I don't know why she cares about Gail. I don't know. She's just a nice person. She cares about people. Gail doesn't care about her. <laughs> You're probably right about that. That's a, But my takeaway was that, uh, yeah, Gail's the worst. <laughs> Gail? Okay. And that Sydney Gail, is a pseudo-murderer. I will... Agree that Gail is a bad person mm-hmm. and that Sydney is technically a murderer. Mm-hmm. That's as far as I'll go. That Sydney is obviously all murderer. a mask. people, but but she's not. Her body count. Okay, her body count in jail because most of them could be argued as self defense. Overall, 
I feel like we need. Here's what I want. I wanna. I want us to get to look up or to at least get somebody. I, I got a. I got a buddy who actually likes this pork, uh, this podcast. George, talk to you, bud. Hi, George. George, I want George to go through and see if Cindy's killings are lawful. Right in like all capacities. Is he a lawyer? Yes. Okay, you didn't say that. Yeah, he's <laughs> or 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 even funnier, we get Hallie. Hallie to do it. Yeah, we've had, we've had Hallie want, on the podcast. Before. Yo, Hallie, <laughs> is she lawful? Is she really? I wonder if she's seen Would all she of the screen a, movies. I don't know. I don't know either. But I'm sure you could talk her through the case plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could at least send her the uh, the scenes of her killing every person that she kills because. At least, like, from a self-defense perspective, right? Like, that, her killing Billy? Oh, but let's not. see. Also, maybe we should have... What kind of lawyer is George? Uh, he's a criminal defense lawyer. Okay, so he's a defense attorney. We could have him defend Sydney. Hallie try to prosecute Sydney for the murders and see ah, who wins. George is so convincing, though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I was saying. If you had not said that, I was like, Hallie, we could say, if you were going to defend Sydney, could you get her off? Yeah. Like, maybe it's not technically lawful, but, like... Who saw what happened, really? <laughs> Who's to say? It, the evidence shows that she was self-defense. That's like, it was... Right, right. Like, but that's the thing, though. Like, defending yourself only goes so far. And, it, I, of course, it depends on the state, I guess, after, like, a little while. Yeah, probably sure. Um, Most of these happen in California. Yeah. So... We'd have to look at the California law. It depends. And, and they may the have, time. like, a... If they have, like, a standard ground thing, then, yeah, she's she's probably good scot-free for all six murders that she does. Uh, Some of them are... So, okay, some of them are definitely not murders. Some of them, like Stu's, uh-huh. that was self-defense, right? She hit him with a, sh- a vase, he was attacking her, and she got up and threw a, threw a, a TV on her. If she sure. had not done that, he would have continued to attack her. Sure, sure, sure. That one's... I'll, I'll give her okay. that one. She's got some, then. She's got one. Well, we haven't gone through all of them. Now, Billy, he was completely incompatible. He's been stabbed. He's, like, on the ground. He just... Uh, and she shot him in the head. Back to the floor, executions. Okay, before that though, he was probably gonna die anyway. He he was probably, <laughs> but I'm saying like that excess, like you can't that excess. Yeah, you can't go okay, above so the necessary means. Two, I think both of them were self defense. However, uh, in Scream Two, Mickey gets up and is running at them, kind of like yeah. uh, Amber at the end of Scream Five. Mm-hmm. He's running at her, and so they go pow 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 pow. Him, her, and Gail both do, and like put him down. Right, that's self defense. He was still coming at her with a knife, you know. Okay. Uh, in Mrs. Loomis, she shoots, she goes down, and then that's like, so that was self-defense because she was coming at her. But then after they end up putting Mickey down, she shoots her in the head again. So another she, execution? Another execution, but but Mrs. Loomis didn't even move. She didn't go, oh. She was just there, and Sydney said, pow, and she goes, just in case. She executes two people but so no, far. No, 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 because when she shot her in the head, Mrs. Loomis was already dead because she had killed her the first time in self-defense. She was just making sure the second time she killed her. That's still excessive, though. Like I think it's like mutilation of a corpse or something at that point because you're shooting a dead body at that yeah. point just to make sure it's definitely excess. So I'm just wondering the legality of that. Like I'm, I'm curious now. You're would, shooting a dead body. You're not sure that it's dead, but it is a dead body. I would love to know. I would as well. We need to get a lawyer on here. ASAP. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> because I think we'll Sydney, on here. We're watching I think Sydney's going to jail. I don't know. Yeah, I the trial of Sydney Prescott. That's what. That's what we'll do. We'll do a whole other episode. That is the trial of Sydney Prescott. We'll show clips from the Scream movies. <laughs> she is going to we'll jail. Have, we'll have Hall- when we can have like even if we can't come on, we can have Hallie and George call in. Sure, you know we can have uh, sure have some have the the trial of Sydney Prescott. That's gonna be that'll be great. That's a great idea. I, like I, that th- idea. <laughs> I, th- I think she's going to fucking jail. And I'm if I'm on the jury, I'm telling you, I'm saying innocent. 
And then it'll be I'm a not. hung jury, and we'll have to do a, a complete mistrial. No. <laughs> Maybe we should get 12 non... <clears throat> Well, um, like non-biased people, we should to be get, our jury. We should we should not tell do them a what, vote. What we're doing, and they should just like they should just only get the evidence. Sure, maybe we could change the names so that people stay uh, anonymous. Yeah, find find twelve people who have not seen right? Scream. Well, like even that, like at least people who aren't as big of fans, mm-hmm. to where like if you present this evidence, like, this person did this, this person did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly what happened. Exactly. Yeah. What, yeah, you you give it just, but like just vague enough to where they wouldn't know, mm-hmm. and you could really legit see if see if whether she would be prosecuted. Yeah. Or not. If if the jury thinks that she should go to jail or not for like like excess right I, well we'll just have to see what the actual laws are for the state that they're in because they're in mm. different states at each the time. movie and and the year that it was made so that's a lot of research so this will be fun <laughs> <laughs> you're a producer you love research damn <laughs> i keep coming up with these fucking ideas and i don't mean to you don't mean to yeah you had the idea for this podcast damn it. <laughs> yeah so you're just making a lot more work for yourself so when damn. you have some downtime Throughout the week, make sure you're looking up laws from California in 1996, uh, the self-defense laws, and if you're allowed to shoot someone for going, huh, you know, after they tried to kill after you. After they've been broken and beaten on the floor, like how he is. Yeah. Oh, she shot him. Did she shoot him once? Uh, Gail shot him the first time. Gail killed him. He was probably going to die, and then Sydney shot him when he went jumped up. Yeah, if he even that, like, he's done. Like, you don't have to shoot him anymore. Too much. It's too much. You know, that's a thing about not only Sydney Prescott, but we're talking about Scream right now, but like, it seems like all final girls do that, you know? Everyone, sure. And everyone, all the fans want them to. They want them to right. make sure he's dead, you know? Like, kill him. Right. But like, is that legal? And what would you actually, if you did that in real life, uh, would no. you go to jail for that kind of thing? It's an idea. It definitely is one. I don't mean to... Oh, find real life cases of yeah. people who have, have killed in self-defense. Yes. And see what happened to them. So, fun fact. Uh, you know that you don't because so, there's precedent probably people used to joke about back in the day right you have to register your hands in self defense if you're like real good at karate or whatever hmm. it's not true you don't have to do that it's not real except in uh, the US uh, territory of Guam they do have a registration for you to like register your hands while huh. while and feet while that's like very loose like if you like their terms for it is like if you practice self defense like for like they don't even give like a year if they say if you're like an expert in self-defense like or if you've practiced for if you've received an advancement in a self-defense class or martial art like then you have to register your hands and feet as weapons uh however there are like legit legal cases where if a person if they go through your background they find that you are like sufficient and like are like skilled in self-defense you can be tried as like a federal offense as using like lethal weapons to hurt somebody in like a case where you know you're defending yourself. There's like a couple, there's a case in England where it happens, and there's a couple cases in the US where Pete, like, like a boxer, like beat up like a group of guys and like accidentally killed one like person, and they were tried as like using like lethal weapons since they had boxed before, mm-hmm. their hands were lethal. So, like, while you don't technically have to register your hands as lethal weapons like if you practice martial arts and you kill somebody that's gonna come up and they will say that like since you knew what you were doing when it comes to like fighting that's assault with a deadly weapon or like murder with a deadly weapon like they'll consider it damn yeah with a deadly weapon you didn't even use yes. a fucking weapon that's crazy exactly well that's the thing like they consider your knowledge crazy 
of how to fight as like you're able to inflict the appropriate amount of harm. And if you go past the appropriate amount of harm, that's assault with a deadly weapon. Like if I fuck somebody up, like they, they and they press charges against me, I could be tried for assault with a deadly weapon since I know what I'm doing and I know like how much force it takes to do what. Hmm. Yeah. And so That's like cool. with that argument being like a thing, like if someone's on the ground and they go, Ugh, and you shoot them in the face, even though they're completely incapacitated, that's assault with a deadly weapon at that point. Once, once you're safe, you got two people behind you, you're hanging out, you're good to go, and you kill them anyways, assault with a deadly weapon. Because that was past the point of, like, that's too much. Like, they were done. Because, like, in Tennessee, like, I, I don't think we have stand-your-ground laws. I don't think Tennessee's a stand-your-ground state. I know Florida is, of course. But, like, some states are and some states aren't. Um, but you, if you run through and, like, sh if you shoot somebody that's turned away from you, then assault with a deadly weapon. Even if they were in your house. Like, if their back is turned and they have bullets in their back, they were leaving. They were no longer a threat. Mm -hmm. So that counts against you. So, yeah, it would be very interesting to see how our main girl does uh, stacked against the fucking law. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm just thinking we gotta we gotta find a we'd be cool to find like a courtroom to just shoot this in <laughs> a courtroom set. We it get someone be, to play Sydney Prescott. It we would just be recreate. a good doc. We get two. Uh, we get two. Um, I think two lawyers to play the prosecutor and the defense. I attorney. really want to pitch it to Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> just what the theoretical final girl the the trial of the final girls. Yeah, like are they? Against the, are they, are they, are they, whatever. <laughs> are, are they like, are they in the wrong? Like, are these girls yeah. in these movies going to jail for yeah. murder? Like, if the police knew, which, like I said, Sydney could probably get away with all of them because nobody saw exactly how things went down. And There's always one did, other person at least. People who did see them would probably vouch for her. Because yeah. especially Gail is usually there to see it. Uh, yeah. She helps do the murders most of the time. So, like, uh. Like with like Mickey and stuff. Yeah. But okay. So this last one, one, right? This, this first one. Old boy's there. What's his name? Randy. Randy. Randy's there. Yeah. He saw the whole fucking thing. He's... Yeah. Randy's gonna say whatever Sydney wants him to say. Randy is in love with Sydney. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But Ballista's gonna show that he was executed and, point blank. And range. Randy kind of said, well, he didn't say to kill him, but he said, careful, they always come back. And yeah. Then, and then he did. And then he, he did. shot him. Uh, for one last scare. For one last scare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, but that trajectory and that—that's point blank range. She just executed him. Uh huh. She made sure he was dead. Like, like, like every audience member wants a final girl to do. <laughs> At the Doesn't end of make it right. No, not technically uh, legal. Anyways. I don't know. There's, there's a difference between right and legal. You know, like mm -hmm. that's fair. That could be argued, but you no. Know, she is not doing the legal thing all the time, so it would be fun to see if if a if a state would prosecute her. I think so. Yeah, I mean, coming soon to a podcast near you, the trial of Sydney Prescott, and it will be this podcast, and it will be a fun future episode that we do. It'll be lit. Yeah, which will be nothing. We won't be watching a movie. We'll be watching clips. We'll be watching. We'll be 
talking to people. We'll have a, we'll have get a jury. Cases together. We'll have a, someone to be the judge. Maybe we should get a real judge. We get, we'll have some real lawyers. <laughs> we'll have some real lawyers. I don't know. I don't know any judges. I don't know any real judges. Not that close, but... Hannah's kind of judgy sometimes. We can... <laughs> Hannah's kind of judgy. No, she's too judgmental <laughs> to be a judge. No, I guess you're right. No, she won't be impartial enough. She you won't know? be impartial. You're right. I think we should get someone to be a judge. I think it'll be fun. I don't know yeah. who yet, but we'll get somebody. Yeah, somebody who hasn't seen the Scream movies. Somebody who's like... Or at least is not a fan. Very middle of the road, though. Yeah, exactly. Of course, they don't get to decide whether they're guilty or not, but they do get to sentence her. Yeah. <laughs> just like just to play a judge. Yeah, just to play the judge. I, I mean, I, I guess know. instead of getting... I guess we could do a trial by... Uh, judge so that we wouldn't have to have 12 different people be on the jury sure but a jury is more fun to me because you can have a hang jury and you can have well, a mistrial I, and stuff. I feel like we and should it's just more fair to me it seems it's way more work but I feel like we should still like take some sort of poll and like see if people think like based on this evidence is this person guilty yeah like just like just yeah we could at least do that instead of having 12 different people on the podcast we could, we could, go, we we could do six I was going to say, yeah, we could do that. Or we could poll in advance 12 different people, sure. present all the evidence to them, and then have – it's not really how trials work, obviously. Sure. But then have on the podcast our two lawyers make arguments back and forth and then say, well, this is what the jury said when presented with the evidence. Um, we could even have them make arguments beforehand for us to like present to the jury mm-hmm. members, and then they could like do the poll, and then we just say, this is what the jury said. Yeah. Um, and then we – we announce it to the to our our two lawyers who are on which one of them won on the on the podcast, and and announce it to Sydney that she is either going to jail or she's not. That's hilarious. That would That's get a great you, idea. That would get you to be editor. Damn it, you be on. <laughs> what do you, what do you we, mean? If if we do that much fucking work and that shit gets yeah. that, <laughs> that shit blows up, man. You're you're on. Yeah. we're both on we gotta screen. Find a courtroom to do this in. This is gonna be. You're gonna great. let us be uh, the consultants on the next movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. I hope she doesn't go to jail. <laughs> she will. I like her. I don't know. I we don't know. Will. We don't know that. For I think sure. you're biased. I think, I think she will. That is a thing. That is a thing. I am biased, and and. But it's fine and, yeah, the because problem is, the problem I'm not. Is that she would go to jail if everyone knew the whole truth, which is what we're going to give everyone because it's a movie. Sure. In the movie world, Based she probably wouldn't movie, go to jail, but she is doing illegal shit. Well, I mean, we could do both. I mean, we could go canonically in universe and be like, this is what the police saw when they got life. there. You know, I'd, I'd like to know both. But then the problem is we don't really know what the characters would say when interviewed by police. Sure. We know what they would probably say, but we don't know. Both. But like, okay, but here's the thing though. After six people, right? And she shows up at that final crime scene. Uh-huh. No one has questions. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she's like, just wearing a blanket at the end. She's just yeah, there to save the day. Yeah. She's there to help Sam after, after Dewey was murdered. That's all. But like, they would have to know, like, there's no way people aren't keeping track of her ass at this point. Like, if she's causing this many murders within whatever city she's around. <laughs> whatever city she's around. She's not causing the murders. She's just there while they're happening. Right. But like, they're centered around her. Uh-huh. She's got to be on some kind of list. Like, <laughs> they're going to be like, okay, so this girl moves, all these murders happen. Like, okay, imagine if like, CSI Miami or NCIS or pick your favorite fictional crime group hears about her yo they are tracking her ass down and watching her like a fucking hawk you're probably right and then to have her show up again another thing they're like miss what the fuck like <laughs> miss, even, what the even fuck? if everyone else vouches that 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 no no she was she was helping they're gonna be like ma'am come with us cause <laughs> what the fuck cause like the, too many people die around you 
like too many people are dead when you're there like at the end of like when the cops show you know, up people are dead well, around well, you people having questions think that's a good point that makes me makes me remember this other thing that might help Sydney in her case okay. she's married to a detective um, in Scream 5 mm-hmm. she says she's married to Mark Mm-hmm. Um, who is Mark Kincaid from the third Scream movie, who is a detective in Scream 3. Mm-hmm. He's played by Patrick Dempsey. It doesn't seem like he does a very good job at detecting. Well, he's there, and he uh, he's Just... in the finale, helping fight Ghostface, but no, he doesn't solve the murder. No cop ever does. But he tries. I mean, I don't think that necessarily helps. That just shows he even suspects Sydney for a minute at the beginning. He should, but it wasn't her. Everyone is dead around her, her all brother. the time. Like, here's the thing, though. Also, like, yes, these murders happen, right? And she's like always at the scene, and she's always the last one there, and then she's somehow the only one standing. It looks fishy. Not the only one. She's never been the only one standing. She's always Gale and Dewey, usually. Right, right, right. Gale and Sam and Chad and Mindy and all them in the fifth movie. That's just... It's... it's, It doesn't look good for her. That many murders? And you said even... Even, like... It doesn't look good, but she didn't Just looking at the movies, right? Like, she's... A body count of six? That's... That's less than most murderers in the (laughs) movies. Is it? Is it really less? Okay, so how many people got murdered okay, in, so in this one? The first, this one, just one, the first one. That the killers murdered. Yes. Not including them. Yeah. Five. Five people. Okay. In one movie. She right, killed right. six people over five movies. Sure, sure, sure. She only killed two people in this movie. She's slowly racking them up. Yeah. And okay. she had help with Billy. It was also Gail. But she only killed two. They killed five. She, okay, I will say, after watching it, uh, those are both hers. Those are both. Gail didn't get an assist on that one, I don't think. But, but because Billy wasn't dead the, yet. Well, he would have died. He probably, he might, maybe would have bled out. Maybe they called the cops a while back. Yeah, right? and she been called stabbed the cops. a couple times and shot in the chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like maybe, right? I mean, fucking Dewey got stabbed in the spine and was okay. So like Dewey's been stabbed way too many times. Dewey's been stabbed a bunch in his spine. Like Billy probably would have been all right. <laughs> now, not with that bullet in the forehead though. <laughs> so that's too easy. That was both just her. Okay. So then, so in two, she has help. And like Gail's also murdering people. That doesn't help Gail at all. Gail's the worst. Gail's. Gail's, I'm just saying it helps Sydney's case. It gets it Gail on the chopping block herself. Gail's the maybe, worst. Maybe that's what Sydney will say when she's on the bench and, and Hallie and, and uh, George, or is it George, mm-hmm. are questioning her. She'll say, it was Gail! Gail Weathers did it! And Gail will be like, the fuck? And, you know, it'll be a whole big thing. Yeah. And who knows how Dewey will be on. Dewey loves them both. Yeah, Dewey don't mean shit. Uh, Dewey may be on the spectrum. I don't know. Like I don't like I don't You're thinking of Doofy from the scary movie franchise. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. Dewey because he's a dumbass. Oh, and poor Dewey. He didn't do a damn thing. Oh, he helps. Has he ever done anything? He helps people. Helps That's what he does. <laughs> what does he help? What has he helped? He helped save Richie and Tara in the fifth movie. When they were being attacked. Well, okay, Richie was, the Richie was the murderer. But he was trying to help save him. And he saved Tara from being murdered. I don't think Dewey's done shit in his whole career. He helped that. And he was the sheriff for a while. He's doing great stuff. Why? What is this city? 
what is this anti-Gotham ass? Like, just the opposite, like, where the cops are just so incompetent. It's crazy. Yeah, that's Woodsboro. Woodsboro needs... They have, they have so Dewey Riley and Judy Hicks. Those are the two cops in the town. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the sheriff in this movie. I don't remember who it They're is. They're so bad. But, yeah. No, yeah, the cops are never good in any horror movies, though. Yes. That's just, Fair. That's just the way it is. I just, I just don't... Yeah, Dewey's not really super. Who you asked me about somebody before? Before I got off on this tangent. Uh, I mean, a long time ago, I'd asked you what you thought about David Arquette. Yes. So which one? that's he plays Dewey. That's the, okay. Yeah, yeah. The actor versus right, right, the character. Right. Oh, you know? um, yeah, I like the actor. He's great. because um, he's nice. A lot of people say, okay, so it's it's just split on on viewers of Scream whether he's a good actor or not, and I I like him as Dewey. I think he's good as the character. Yeah, he acts like Dewey. He if you watch him in interviews is. Um, Weird. I don't know. He's he's kind of. I don't know. He's weird as fuck. I don't know how to how to say it. I'm not trying to be mean to David Arquette. I like David Arquette, but um, he's he talks funny and he's like he's like not as serious as Dewey, which is funny because Dewey's not really that serious either. Yeah. But um, um, so he's like he's really acting when he's playing Dewey. Well, I mean, you you I mean, like you got to think like these people make their careers off of like people just paying attention to them, so they do whatever gets them attention. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's not really out of the realm of any other. I mean, fuck, Hasselhoff has a fucking mannequin of himself that's like fucking forty-five feet or whatever. Yeah. Like, I see. I don't know that Dewey has. To, I said he was weird, but I don't know that Dewey's. I mean, uh, David Arquette has done is like weird, like in a in a like things ex- that he does kind of way. He just way. it's just his um his mannerisms. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. like the way he talks. Like you said, like maybe Dewey's on the spectrum. I think. I don't know about David Arquette, but like he, I would wouldn't be surprised. I, I think he plays a great Dewey. I think the Dewey character is like he's like he's a cool character. Like I, you know, I, like he adds to the story. You know, I don't yeah, think he just be, doesn't do anything. Helpful. <laughs> he just doesn't help, no. right? Because nobody can help except for Sydney. That's the story. She she has to be the one to save the day. Save the day until Scream Five, when she doesn't actually help. She doesn't do anything in Scream Five. She she gets a couple shots off. I thought. Yeah. No, she's there to help. She's there for the assist. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like no, no, that that, that, that counts as the assist kill. Like, yeah, she's she's being helpful. Yeah, Gail not only enjoys murder, but she likes being famous from it. Too. Oh, okay. Oh, well, okay. So yeah, yeah. But Gail, like I said, she tries to grow. She tries to learn from every time. And in the fifth movie, she did say she's not writing a book, and these fuckers can die in anonymity. So. Oh wow. She said that, so she's not writing another book anymore. What's Gail's body count then? Gail's body count? I mean, let's see. She <clears throat> Or is she only assisting. She really doesn't kill anyone on her own. She killed um Mickey in Scream Two helped kill Mickey because mm-hmm. Sydney was also firing shots. Sure. Uh did she help kill Skeet or uh, Billy in this movie? Because she shot him the first time he went down, but then I don't shot him think in the head. I think she did not like because he wasn't dead yet. Okay, so well then, um, I mean she just shot him in the chest, but yeah. no, he wasn't dead yet. So so we're just gonna go with Mickey, and then uh, Scream Three, she didn't help kill anyone. Mm-hmm. Scream Four, nope, nobody. Scream Five, she helped kill. She helped kill Amber. Yeah. Um, by shooting her and catching her on fire. <laughs> really, we should have killed her. I don't know why she was still alive at the end. Yeah. I think Tara and Tara killed her at the end when she came back with a knife and she was all burnt. 
because Tara. Had yeah, I remember her running through. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the that was a little sister, girl. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Gail at least helped on that one, so that's two that she helped on, and that's it. So she got two assists. She's got two assists, but never the final blow. But never okay. They should have given her the final blow for Amber. I mean, she killed Dewey. Yeah, I mean, I guess like like from a writer perspective, sure, but yeah, for she's her. still terrible. All right. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to come through and just <laughs> just destroy one of the characters you like. No, like, oh, I love all of the characters, and I have never really put much thought or care into whether they are technically good people. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. I like Gail. I don't yeah, care if she's. She's objectively she's, a good, nice person. She is. She's not. So no. I mean, like, I don't care. Uh, Sydney, I do think is generally a good. There's person. an argument. Sure, yes, you can make an argument that she is. Uh, and I don't think she likes murder. I'm a little worried about Sam. Dewey's a dumbass. What going forward, um, and Dewey's a dumbass who who does good and tries his best. Yeah, he just tries his best. He that's so he's definitely a good person. Unlike some of us, who, as Gail would say in Scream yeah, yeah. Three or Two, I don't remember. Um, it was two. I remember now. <laughs> um, I said that earlier. Uh, and yeah, Sam, I'm, I'm afraid she might be the killer in the next movie. She enjoyed murder way too much. We're talking yeah. about people who enjoyed murder. Because she killed Richie at the end. Mm-hmm. And her dad's a serial killer. Her dad's Billy Loomis. She stabbed a lot in Scream 5. Yeah, and obviously, like, Billy was bad. Billy was not only bad, but, like, stupid, too. Billy was? Yeah. Why was he stupid? Well, I mean, it, he didn't get away with it, so there's that. Yeah, there's that because like he really could have and like like you were saying earlier like the the one differentiating factor was like oh let's kill them all first and then hurt ourselves. Yes, like, it's just yeah. like bro, you didn't take that last step. Like, yeah, you didn't... see, that's why I like Jill in Scream Four because she I think is the smartest Ghostface killer mm-hmm. who has a solid plan. She just doesn't follow through. She came. You gotta watch Scream Four. She came. She comes so close to getting away with it. Mm-hmm. Like she leaves the final crime scene and gets in the hospital, and everybody's like, "Jill, you're the survivor," you know, and all this stuff, like the news and everything like that. And the only reason she doesn't get away with it is because Sydney, who she thought she had killed, is somehow still alive in the ICU and has is not woken up yet. And Dewey's like, she might not remember anything, but she's she's hanging in there, you know. And mm-hmm. so then Jill has to go try to kill her in the ICU, and then obviously gets caught because she's trying to murder someone in the hospital. But, then, but other than that, and then before that, she was she so close dies? to dies. Jill, yeah. Well, Sydney kills her. I, I told you that that was one of her. One of Sydney's I know. Body yeah, I'm yeah. just making sure. Sydney killed Jill. Jill was smart. Jill almost got away with it. She didn't. Yeah. Uh, that's Scream Four. So we have to rate this movie though. You're right. We do. Yeah. Scream One. What do you think? The real fear. What did, what's, what's your uh, fear scale? Scary, not uh, scary at all. Very scary. Not scary. It. What's scary to me is what Sydney can get away with. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That's what. That's what fuels my fear. Um, I'll give this. I, okay, I'll say this. I think that genuinely the last like little bit of it was kind of intense. Just like even knowing what happens, I was like. They were dragging it out for a minute. I'm like, God, bless. Yeah. Are, are we done yet? Yeah. What's what the fuck? Like it was a lot. Um, two and a half. Okay, that's pretty low. Maybe three. I'll give it a three. Okay, I give it a three out of respect. It, it's had... also not my like. It's not shit I'm afraid of. It's not the shit. It's not the kind of shit you're afraid. It's of. not the kind of shit I'm afraid of. Like I could have beat the dog shit out of Ghostface easy. Like. <laughs> Both of them, 
They can both come at me. Yeah. Um, I have seen this movie so many times. You have. The first time I saw it was when I was a child. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say, should I go by the first time I saw it? Because I was a kid. so I You didn't rate it then. before. I, this is the first time I've, saw, I've seen it like in its entirety. And right. uh, so, yeah, go by your first score. How scared of, <laughs> of it were you when you were a kid? I mean, still not that scared. But... <laughs> But more than I am now, obviously, having I, seen, I'm not afraid in the slightest. I'd pick that one anymore. Then. So I'm gonna go with. It's still gonna be pretty low. I think I'm gonna go with. Um, uh, I've got to give it a. I'm I'm stuck between a five and a four point five. I'm I'm. Oof. Should I should I just. I really have to think about. Why, wait, why is there a half? Things. Well, let me ask. Why is there a half though? Well, I don't know that there is. Well, why is it like, but you know, four point five or five? What's right. what's that half differential? <laughs> I don't know. How do you score your your choices? I just I just think about how scary it is and try to get the closest I, number I, or half number I that said there a, could be. Well, I was going for a half at first. I went two yeah. and a half, but I said three out of respect because like had maybe I had seen this younger like you had, because this is an old movie. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you got to kind of like play it for the times. Um, I I would have scored it slightly higher, just like, but only a half point higher mm-hmm. because of how fucking goofy it looks when someone does anything like the, the falling the the tripping the the ghost face flying around like i've been like what the fuck <laughs> like at least okay. here's here's what i'll say then um most of the movie is a four or a 4.5 okay. but i'm going to score a five mm-hmm. for the opening scene with drew barrymore which has That's little fair. to no comedy and it was really intense the first time I saw it. No, absolutely. You didn't realize that not only was it the surprise factor of not realizing that they're going to kill off their star, but also um, just the intensity of um, someone watching you outside your house while you're on the phone. Right. Then the parents finding their daughter gutted from a tree. Sure. It's just uh, some intense stuff. So I'm going to say five. And that makes the real fear score an mm-hmm. average of four. Three, five, four. Sure. Sure. How's that? That's still pretty low on our scale, though, huh? It's tied with it's, the it's other... Probably, I think it's tied for the lowest With one. the Exorcist? Um, yeah, the Exorcist is currently the lowest one at four, so now Scream... Tied with the Exorcist? tied with the Exorcist. I'm fine with that. At four, yeah. That sounds right. Scream and the Exorcist, I find both of them not very scary. Yeah, so, and, and they both hit both of our they, sweet they, spots of scary. Right, so. exactly. So, uh, so... Four, and that is is uh, falls under not scary at all. Yeah. So we'll have to continue our search for a scarier movie next time. Yeah. So uh, follow us on uh, on Instagram. Find us on Facebook. And until next time, be afraid. Be very afraid. Yeah. Real Fear is a Moonlight Media production, available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, as well as the Moonlight Media YouTube channel.